0: Whatever you want to give it a go,
1: just give it a go. Are are we gonna edit this
0: shit out? Uh, no, I will try to do very minimal editing, besides maybe cutting off the bullshit in the beginning like this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I prefer preferred. it to be
0: kind of like uh, stream of consciousness.
1: Hey, should we should we get a, a catchy jingle for the video or a show like everybody else has?
0: Um, I think that that became illegal like 150 years ago, Nick.
1: a <laughs> <You> jingle? <laughs>
0: You don't. You can't call them that anymore. They don't like it.
1: Well, I mean, most everybody else. On they podcast. prefer the term
0: "people of color."
1: My, oh, Jesus. Um,
0: oh, you mean, said jingle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said jingle. I thought you said something else.
1: Oh yeah, no jingle. I too um,
0: love Django Unchained.
1: <laughs> hey, fucking, <laughs> Jimmy Fox was amazing in that movie.
0: That's right. I love me a good feet shot. Thanks, Quentin. Wow,
1: we're already are, you, where are you gonna rip on a celebrity, huh? All right, it's um, all right.
0: He's never gonna see this.
1: No, no, but like every podcast I listen to, no matter if it's like a big name person, uh, like a Smart List that I listen to, which is uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and uh, Sean Hayes, or uh, if it's like the the Improv Conspiracy, which is based out of Australia, yeah. uh, everybody got a little jingle at the beginning of every episode right well
0: hello everyone out there welcome to on the spectrum a podcast by autist for autist my name is Stephen norton and this is nicholas
1: anderson
0: that's right and we did not introduce ourselves we just got right into it you heard us babbling because uh we decided to just hit record and start talking so that's
1: what we do we yeah just babble.
0: and you missed an insane rant about how <laughs> about um, sexual preferences. I was making up sexual preferences. You know, what do they call it? Four sexual. Yeah,
1: you called it. I love
0: anal four four foreplay, but no penetration. I actually like foreplay better than sex. I'm a four sexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: he's got a whole. He's got a whole <laughs> I just think i was
0: saying it's funny. Like people have all these different things that they call themselves, but yeah. like. Like, does everything need a specific name? Like, if you like one thing in particular, like, I don't know. It just seems a little bit overboard to me. Well,
1: I I agree with you to a point on that because, like, in a lot of ways, people need those labels, but at the same time, they don't want anybody else to label them. And they don't want to put themselves in a box, but yet they want to give themselves. I think
0: that people just want to feel special. Well,
1: of course they do.
0: Although, what's interesting, Nick, Um, is that. I've spent my whole life with other people forcing me to feel special and right. yet all these motherfuckers
1: yeah.
0: want to make themselves feel special and unique. Right.
1: I mean I've been trying I to didn't have know, a, a choice.
0: So I didn't it have is. a choice. People forced it on me, telling me there's something wrong with me and I'm I'm unique and odd and whatever euphemism they wanted to use right. for the day, like, oh you're very um you're very eccentric. Yeah, you're very eccentric. eccentric That's something. What you're saying is I'm a weirdo.
1: Yeah. So, uh, welcome everybody to another episode of On the Spectrum with Nick and Steve. Uh, this is a podcast for autistic people, by autistic people, and we're going to have conversations about different topics. And just to tell everybody up front, me and Steve are not experts in anything. We just have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, and we're going to voice those opinions about a lot of things, uh... So don't take our word as gospel. We are not Joe Rogan. Please don't follow us and think that we know fucking everything. Um
0: But if you subscribe now, we will give you one bottle free of ivermectin. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is Ivermectin? That's the stuff Joe Rogan was taking for COVID. Oh. oh. Right. It was a joke, Nick. You didn't get it. No, nope, I didn't. And it's okay if you and if you get bored listening to us, you can just um close your eyes and listen to us solve a Rubik's Cube. We'll put our autistic powers
1: (laughs) At work Oh Jesus our autistic powers combined Yeah that's right We form a confusing conversation Uh, Yeah
0: if it's hard for you to follow uh, You're probably not one of us
1: (laughs) True all right. Nick so, Nick
0: wanted to talk about comedy today. Was that right? Well, yeah. Uh, Comedians, well, before I brought up the uh, pansexual unicorns. Yes, yes. And anal foreplay.
1: Uh, we, we debated what, what conversation we were going to have today, uh, what, what conversation this podcast was going to be on, whether we were going to talk about gender and sexual orientation or comedy, uh, and mostly those two subjects because... Well, I don't know why gender, just probably because it's a topic in the news. And, it's and
0: something that I think a about a lot. Uh,
1: but comedy is because me and Steve are both in an improv sketch comedy group together. We've been doing improv together for about six years. And so that's kind of always on our mind is comedy. And I thought it might be a decent idea to have a conversation about it because we're two autistic people who do comedy. We do improv and we preferably like to do it for a living, but we do it as a secondary job. Uh, and I think that perspective is kind of interesting because most of the time when people talk about comedy, you're hearing, you know, successful people talk about comedy, or you're hearing people talk about comedy.
0: Excuse from... me. <laughs> successful.
1: Oh. Yeah, 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 people who get paid to do it, man. Oh,
0: okay. Well, yeah. that, that's fair. Um, so
1: I thought talking about comedy would be a good idea, just because to hear our point of view on it. Now we all, we both have our own. Uh, uh people that that inspired us that people. were role models to us that uh we looked up to as far as comedians go, uh styles of comedy, if you will. Uh so Steve, to, to start talking about comedy, who were your people, or more specifically, who was your one main person that you really, really identified with comedy wise? Who is that?
0: So person? um if I had to say one, it would probably be George Carlin. Uh-huh. And I don't think he's the funniest comedian of all time, but I think he, I, I believe he was the most interesting comedian. And he made me think more than other comedians did. And I appreciated it because, you know, I mentioned in the last podcast that I've been writing since I was around 10 years old. I've been writing my whole life. I love to write. And I like the way that George Carlin played with words. And if you've ever read any of his books, he would play with the English language and he would play with, um, colloquialisms and phrases and things that we say yeah. and he would point out how they don't make any sense literally like right. but we say certain things that just don't make any sense but he would point it out and it's funny just the way that he played with the english language so t- yeah. that's why i appreciated him not only that but also um the fact that he wasn't af- afraid to um talk about serious topics and make people think rather than just make them laugh
1: okay so you said he's not the funniest comic but he is the one you identify closest with because he's intelligent and all He's that inspired
0: yet. a lot of things that yeah. I've done So to me
1: cool he inspired you but who do you find to be the funniest comic
0: Oh God comic funniest overall,
1: overall of all the years you've been watching comedy
0: I don't know be honest with you you mentioned doing comedy and I wasn't even prepared to answer this question. I'm like I don't know um, do you need a couple who is the funniest think? comedian uh, I don't know.
1: Okay. Like, I don't know. Of all the comedians uh, you know of? Maybe
0: Louis CK. Okay. Are right,
1: so uh, you a big fan of, you know, comedians who jerk off on somebody? Yes. Yeah, okay.
0: No, he's he's really funny. Uh Bill Burr. Bill Burr is probably one of the funniest comedians okay. to me.
1: You bring up Bill Burr often when we talk about it. He's
0: me. he's hilarious. Yeah, well,
1: I don't I don't disagree. He's a very funny guy.
0: Uh Norm Macdonald was also very funny. Yeah. But he's funny in a different way. He's like He's so corny, and the jokes sometimes are so bad that they're funny. He's, like, really...
1: Yeah, but there's such a genius behind what he did,
0: though. It would be, like, either a dad joke or very offensive, but just the delivery was so corny.
1: <laughs> but that's what made it so genius, though, because it was well-planned. I mean, he did a lot of his jokes on the, on the spot, you know, yeah. off the cuff.
0: But wow, I'm not a, I'm not actually so... a welder. Huh? The welder joke. Yeah,
1: no, the welder joke, yeah. Uh, he, he was just so good at... Just being who he was, yeah. and saying things in such a way, like he had that shit that he did down, if you will, right? Um, so, Bill Burr is your funniest comic, and, uh, and yeah, I guess is the one you you would like to aspire to be like.
0: Yeah, I like. I think that he elevated the medium. Okay. For at risk of sounding a little too, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like.
1: You you can sound any way you would like. It's yeah, like, I mean this is a podcast we run, so you can sound any way you want. Well, I'm and,
0: I, I'm not trying to sound like snooty. I'm just saying you know, like I feel like he. We don't have
1: sponsors or fans yet, so you can sound whatever way you want.
0: Yeah, I I I just don't want to I don't want to come across as being too too like so, like snooty about it. Like it's, I'm just saying like I feel like he elevated the medium. Okay. So, like, you can anybody can tell a dick joke or a fart joke, but I thought he did more with with stand-up than other people did. Okay. It also seemed like he put a lot more effort in than a lot of other comedians did with the amount of writing and uh, preparation and work went into his specials that he did. Then again, I could be just talking out of my ass, but that's what it seemed like to me.
1: Um, sure. But, I mean, the two of us are talking, so why not talk out of your ass in that way? Um... I, I, I also think it's kind of interesting because like being folks on the spectrum that <laughs> when we listen to a comedy special or, or when we hear comedy or when we, you know, watch a sketch or, or watch a sitcom, if you will, like it kind of, we, we hear it differently in a lot of ways. I mean, I always, when I was younger, I listened to George Carlin a lot too. And like sometimes when the audience would laugh. I would be like, no, that's just a really good thought right there. I mean, that's just something to think about. I didn't really necessarily find certain things funny, if you will. Like when he was talking about language, when he was talking about the different words and how they play into one another, I was just like, wow, that's a good way to think about it. Oh, that's cool. I didn't really find it all that funny, but I thought it was interesting and intriguing to me. And then when I got older, I started to understand like, oh, yeah, that's why it's funny because nobody else thought of it that
0: way. Because nobody thinks about the things that we say. No. People no. just say things without analyzing what it is they're saying, right. and that's what he would point out: is that we say these things even though they don't actually make sense, right. but they we understand what they mean even though they don't make any literal sense. Right.
1: Right. Um, and then, and then, for me to answer those same questions, uh, my absolute favorite comic was uh, Robin Williams. Um, I mean, to this day, um, when we've done stage shows. And then we we've, we've done some of our improv, and then when we did some shows for other people, um, I actually got complimented by a couple of folks because my mannerisms and I reminded them of Robin Williams when I was on stage. Right, and, and that was a huge compliment to me.
0: I mean, I am hoping that at some point you hang yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Okay, similarly enough, both me and Robin Williams both have <laughs> so... And, yeah, and... Uh, you know, there's a good chance that'll happen. Uh,
0: you remind me of a one-hour photo, oh, Robin Williams. Wow. <laughs> well, one of his dramas.
1: Okay, all right. Where he was,
0: like, creepily stalking people clear your <laughs> photos. You're, you're saying I like, creepily stalk people? Like, I'm what kidding. what are you saying here? All
1: right. Um, uh, and... I did have a question for you. Great, what's
0: up? Uh, so this is what I first thought of when you said doing comedy. Yes. I was going to ask you, but you asked me before... I could ask you. Okay. Who is your favorite autistic comedian?
1: How, how many are out there and open about being autistic?
0: Now? I don't know. That's why I wanted to ask. Like, I don't know of any. Do I, you?
1: I know of I know of one. I don't know if he would call himself a comedian, but I know one person who is at least publicly identified as being autistic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bill Murray. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Bill Murray a bunch of years ago. I could uh, see that. Came out and said he was autistic. The weird part about it was, like, since then, though, people have come out and talked about how, like, poor they thought his behavior was on set of movies and stuff. But when they described what he did on set, like, very straightforward, it sounded like he was just being autistic. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about necessarily, like, some of the sexual inappropriate comments that he's made and stuff like that. But, like, some people described his behavior as being off and aloof and and uncaring or insensitive well that that sounds like our kind of people you know what i mean but he came out i think it was it was either an instagram uh post or it was a tweet uh something like that one of those social media sites where he actually came out and said that he's autistic yeah and and i really thought that was great when i read it i immediately was like oh my god this dude's a celebrity, and, he, and he's an entertainer, and he's an actor, and he's really good at doing comedy, and, he, and he's really well-known, and he's one of us? Oh, my God, that's awesome! Because, yeah, like, there's not a lot of folks like us who are out, if you will, if I can use that terminology for this, uh, that are out as being autistic and in, you know, the, the realm of entertainment. I mean, I know full well there's a lot of us in entertainment, but they're not generally out, right? There's there's definitely not a lot of women who are autistic who are out.
0: Yeah. I mean, what do you think Zach
1: concealed that verbiage? Zach
0: Galifianakis, do you think he's autistic?
1: Do I think Zach Galifianakis is? Yeah. I mean, quite personally, yes, I do believe he strikes he's me as though he
0: could be autistic.
1: I, I I very much think he probably is. I, I get compared uh, to
0: him frequently, even though. That's I don't see. Look like him. I don't see the resemblance, but it's really? a, yeah, you, you don't see the resemblance. No, but people Beard. told me that I remind them of him. Beard, the side yeah. part, whatever. Short,
1: kind of pudgy. Yeah, like what the fuck. Um
0: Between two ferns was genius.
1: <laughs> I've actually never seen it. In the oh god, so great! He
0: just insults people. It's great.
1: Of course, that's why you like it.
0: He insults celebrities to their face.
1: Like it's why me and you got along so well six years ago when we started doing comedy. Of course, the
0: celebrities are in on it; they know they're going to get insulted, right. but it's still funny.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of like with Martin Short when he did that Jiminy Glick character years yeah.
0: ago, which is kind of like what Zach did, but Zach was much more, uh, much more offensive.
1: Well, he was, but he also wasn't necessarily playing a character. Like Martin Short did for Jimmy Cole. I
0: think he said to, um, in yeah. one of the episodes, he, he was interviewing Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh-huh. And he said, do you, do you think, something along the lines, of, do you think that people, uh, that your accent, um, if people, if you didn't have your accent, people would, would realize how bad of an actor you are? <laughs> something like that. You would say things like that.
1: <laughs> That's <just> funny. <clears throat> um, now, he's an actor who I would think maybe might fit on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, like, I've seen him in interviews, and, like, there's a very similarity to how he acts and when he's talking in, in real life. Like, he's a char- charismatic guy, but, like, I don't know. There are just times where he his, his reactions to things are not necessarily like everybody else's. Oh, I just true
0: thought true. of another one. I think it was Autistic? Brie Larson, I think it was. It was Br-
1: Brie Larson, as in the person who played Captain Marvel?
0: Yeah, I think it was her, but it was a female celebrity... He was interviewing her, and he said, uh, it says here that you don't like to be asked inappropriate questions. Next question, how old were you when you felt your first period? Wait, you're talking about
1: Zachary Lack is a yes. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about between two ferns. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or he did He
0: did, He did. He did uh, Hillary on, too, and Obama on there, too. What? Yeah, he had Obama and Hillary on between two the ferns.
1: Former President Barack yeah. Obama? Yeah, yeah. And former First Lady Michelle Obama?
0: Uh, what? I'm just trying to pay Hillary 100%. Clinton oh yeah yeah the one who like murdered all those people what <laughs> I'm <kidding>. what <laughs> uh, but no but seriously if you have been targeted man. by the Clintons and you need help give me a sign <laughs> Jesus
1: <laughs> alright um,
0: when, they, when they say the Clinton body count they're not talking about sexual partners oh think.
1: my god <laughs> All right, <there's> yes. that. <laughs> uh, so for for comedy, so uh, on topic, if you will, uh, what is your preferred style of comedy? Because we know who you like um, comedian wise, but what's your preferred style of comedy? Like, what's the thing that typically performing most... or uh, not performing yet? But just when you watch, when you, um, watch, when you prefer comedy style wise,
0: sketch or stand up. Or is How that the many question? Man.
1: style,
0: man. Um, I guess I like a good sketch. Okay. If it's stand up, I mean, I like. I think it really depends on the person. I have to, because I I don't mind clean jokes, and I, I I also like really inappropriate or dark or dark humor. Um, depends on the person. Uh, like for instance, um, Bo Burnham. I know people like yeah. him I don't find him to be very funny but I like I enjoy some of the like the, the songs he makes I think some of them are entertaining but I just don't find him very funny so Why? it's hard for me to say because it depends on the person because there's uh I thought that Bill Cosby was funny even though he was clean yeah. um, I thought that I'm trying to think of another clean comic that I liked Jerry Seinfeld could be funny and he's clean um nor McDonald had a lot of clean jokes even though he also had a lot of really dirty jokes <laughs> Uh, but like I, it's not whether it's like clean or dirty or whatever. It's more about the person and the delivery.
1: Well, but that's why I'm asking about comedy style. Like, are you more of a fan of slapstick? Or are you more of a fan of insult comedy? Or are you more of a fan of like? Uh, I guess it would be observational like observational
0: comedy. Uh, insult, like roasting stuff, but also, um, the observational too. I don't like political humor that much anymore. I used to, but I just find it most of it to be kind of lazy and cheap really yeah
1: you don't really like listening to political comedy
0: because i don't think that anybody actually takes any risks anymore when it comes to political humor the
1: guy who talks about politics oh i know
0: but like like the trump stuff um making fun of trump was fun for like a day and then it got old because everybody was making trump jokes all the time and i got bored with it same thing with making jokes about joe biden it's like it's funny for a little bit and then it just gets like it's it's, it's low-hanging fruit. And to me, it's boring. It's like, all right, I know what... Because I already know what the punchlines are going to be. It's too course, predictable. Yeah.
1: So that actually kind of leads into a direction here. Uh, comedy, uh, uh, right now, uh, some people have referred to comedy being under attack currently. Yeah, um, How do you feel about it? Like, I don't
0: right, think it's under attack.
1: Right now, comedy is in a weird position because everybody... Is putting their two cents in about what is comedy, what is not, what is good comedy, what is not good comedy, and what you can. Hey, you do know with
0: what? It. Those people's opinions don't affect. Huh. So people can sit there and say what what is good comedy, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, but huh. the people who they complain about still sell out. Yes. Louis C.K. still sells out.
1: What?
0: Yeah. Louis C.K. still sells so out shows. Is? Yeah. Oh, um, he got, obviously people were upset with him for the whole jerking off in front of people yeah, thing, yeah. Um, which it, it's weird. But I mean, technically, from, from what I understand, it was consensual. He like asked people, but he didn't understand him or didn't think about the, the you know the 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 impact of his his you know his influence, his power, how like it might be intimidating. If you ask some woman, is it okay if I beat off in front of you? Even, like, not understanding how much influence he has. Or maybe he did and he just didn't give a shit. But either way, you know, at least it wasn't, like, abusing people, I guess.
1: Some would probably argue that he was abusive. I'm not saying I'm arguing that. I'm just saying something. Whatever.
0: My point is that even after him being, quote-unquote, canceled, he still sells out shows. Dave Chappelle. Another one people keep complaining about because he made edgy jokes about trans people. He made jokes about... Uh, other no no topics topics you're not supposed to touch, right. but he still sells out. He still can he can go and like sell anywhere in the country That's anytime true. he wants.
1: I, I actually find Dave Chappelle to be Dave Chappelle. I should probably say his name correctly. Uh, I actually find him to be the modern day George Carlin.
0: Actually, I didn't mention him before, but he's he's up there and one of my favorite comedians as well. I just for some reason didn't think of him at the time, but I think Dave Chappelle is probably the funniest comedian. Out there right now, practicing Um, Really? Yeah, I think he's probably the funniest person out As far as people who are actually big And out there performing right now I think he's probably the funniest I
1: don't know Well, actually, and I only say that because Like, A, I don't know If he's actually touring or if he's doing A lot of shows anymore Um, Yes, his Netflix specials, the the last What was it, four of them, were really good I loved him to death Uh, I think he's a really, really good Uh, performer, I think he's a really smart guy I think he's a very funny guy, I've always been a big fan of Dave Chappelle, but I don't know if he's necessarily touring Uh, One of my favorite current comedians uh, is Jim Gaffigan but also Kevin Hart I'm a big fan of Kevin
0: Hart Two people that I don't find funny at all Really? I don't think Kevin Hart's funny What? It's just, he's just not my thing. I just everything I I've tried to watch some of his specials. And I it's like, eh. I've watched some of his uh, some of the, the the movies he's been in, and yeah. meh. Like, um, well,
1: you can't necessarily fault him for the movies because like he can only do so well with a script, and like if the director decides to go in a direction that doesn't make sense. You know. Jim
0: Gaffigan too, I just kind of like, eh. Wow. I just I never really found him funny. It doesn't mean he's bad. I just. Right not my cup of tea yeah just
1: not your preference
0: uh but like same thing with like i mentioned bo burnham earlier yeah. like i think he's talented i just not
1: i i think he's good at what he does but i don't find him funny at all um in his uh i think it was his first special or his second special one of the two of them i thought it was really creative what he did with it uh he did the stand show and he you know went from one song and then he did like some essentially some stand up and telling some stories and then he went into another song He had like a light show and shit I thought it was creative But like I didn't really find any of it funny But then again like my preferences My style of comedy that I like to watch the most Is like Dennis Leary
0: Yeah, you know? not a big um, fan of him either But like I've I've I found some of his stuff funny I right. guess, But he's not really my cup of tea either you know,
1: so. I like Bill Burr as well I don't necessarily like put him in my top five list uh, out of my own preference. Uh but like Bill Burr is a very similar guy to Dennis Leary, in my opinion. Um they might argue that, but I I put them kind of in the same league of things. But like I've always gravitated more towards insult comics. Like yeah. Greg Giraldo to me, I would have loved to have Rest seen in that. peace. <laughs> yeah. i Greg Giraldo. I would have loved to have seen him in person.
0: He was very funny on uh, any of the roast he was on. He was. Yeah. But his,
1: his stand-ups were that way, too. He had a couple of film specials. And uh, even in those specials, he was that guy. Right? let's just I mean, uh is
0: let's just go do a show and just insult everyone in the audience we like <laughs> you're coming to a show where we're just going to get up on stage and insult everyone in the crowd no i'm just, saying that we should do that oh we should do yeah that. we should just go up uh, and just insult everyone well, I, I think Dave insult comic and, uh
1: uh jim ross kind of have that lick right there that's jeff what ross they do. you said jim ross oh uh, Jeff ross? who the fuck is jim ross <laughs> Is that like his oh autistic God. brother? Oh, no, 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 no. Jim Ross is a former commentary, uh, announcer for WWE. Is that like
0: Bob Ross's autistic cousin who does comedy?
1: No, uh, Jim Ross is a guy who used to work for WWE. Oh, yeah, this, and commentary is, uh, for
0: this is Jim Ross.
1: <laughs> no, that's not how he sounded.
0: Uh, I'm going to tell a joke right now and you're going to enjoy <laughs> it. No, 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 no. He, uh,
1: uh Jim Ross had uh, a Southern accent and he had a cowboy hat and, uh, he a By the way, with King Lawler for a bunch of years.
0: we've been talking a lot about comedians, but we haven't really, we're not really talking about autism.
1: Hold on. We're talking about our perspective, which automatically puts... Oh, in I'm sorry. All the Anything around. that comes
0: out of my mouth is fucking autistic. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. you say out
1: loud it's fucking autistic, okay? Oh, thank uh, you. I'm just so, really I should get a like of, I should just dictate... I
0: should dictate an entire book and win a Pulitzer Prize for autism. Just, I don't know. <laughs> called autism Speaks in paperback.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Just me ranting about, like, everything I get obsessed with. You know, you know what's crazy? Today I found out that New Balance shoes are made in New Hampshire and <laughs> they're made in America. So I researched about how they make the shoes and that the laces are only made with 100% polyester and if you
1: narrated, if you narrated a book like if you did an audio book, it would be Autism yeah. Speaks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad joke. That's that hard. would be horrible. Like an autistic person just narrating everything they get obsessed with throughout the day yeah. that they look into. Be like, oh. oh, okay. It says they serve 100% grass-fed chicken in this place. What is grass-fed chicken? Well, oh, the USDA says the grass-fed chicken has to be let out three times a day and they can't be in a cage and they have to be fed a hundred percent vegetarian diet. Well, what do they mean by vegetarian diet? Let me look up that. Okay. A vegetarian diet with chickens, they have to eat a hundred percent cornmeal and soybeans in order to be considered a vegetarian diet. And we are looking, okay, well, what do they mean by cornmeal? (laughs) (laughs) Like that's, that's literally how it goes. The autistic (laughs) rabbit hole of research. Until you've got um, you get that meme of uh of Charlie from It's Always Sunny with like the board full of papers with stuff all behind him, and yeah. he's like pointing to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if anybody is listening and you're like, "Hey, you guys make fun of autism a lot," yeah, we're allowed to. We're autistic, okay? We can make fun of our own people.
0: Well, this uh, is what actually it. happens to me. Yes. Is yeah, I will should. see something, and that thing will make me look up something else because. Like, people will use phrases, they'll use words, and you're looking up something, and then you have to, like, you have to put it into context. And, like, if somebody uses a word, you can't just assume that you know what that yeah. word means. If it's, like, like, especially when it comes to things that are regulated by the government, right? They have very specific terms they use. Yes. Like, the USDA, like, I was making a joke about chicken, but, like, they have very specific terms they use, and you can't use those terms unless you meet certain requirements, right? Right. You can't say that your chicken is organic unless it meets certain requirements you can't say that your thing is this unless it meets certain requirements so that's what i'm saying like we'll we'll go into rabbit holes where you're like you'll see something and you're like well in order to understand this i need to know what these several other things mean right and then you kind of like go into a rabbit hole where you're researching like you know
1: no no agree um i i don't know if you do this but i know i I do this quite often is like I'll be reading something or I'll be listening to somebody, a podcast or or whatever, and they'll say a word and I think I know what that word means. I'm pretty sure I know what that word means, but I look it up anyway. Just to find out. You don't want to see
0: our Google search histories. Like if we die, please erase our browser history.
1: Yes, because it'll be us looking up the definition. You don't want
0: to know like if you because if you looked at my search history, you would be confused and probably disturbed because i i look up things without any sort of like unapologetically will look up whatever
1: right and, and and honestly uh i i i honestly think that he's not looking at porn like most men no really? no i'm talking about just he, su- searching
0: weird around. topics weird like today like, i was listening to
1: warfare mean?
0: I was uh listening to these people talk about the whole Andrew Tate situation about him being in Romania and about how I know you, you probably don't know much about him but I, I really I um know. but the the he was a uh he was influential online he he had a, a show and a podcast and um he also had this uh class I think you had to pay to be part of where he taught men how to like whatever be alpha males and all this shit uh, but he was charged with sex trafficking in Romania then what he's accused of is essentially like tricking women into being his quote unquote girlfriend coming to Romania with him. And then he would force them to do like webcams for Wait, money.
1: He's the guy who, uh, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong about this, but he's the guy who did the like triangle symbol. And everybody's, like, conspiracy. Uh, I, d- I don't that. know. Maybe. Okay. But, but
0: my point was, is that I was listening to all this stuff and they were talking about all these women that he yeah. had on webcams and some of them have testified or not testified, but giving statements. Against uh, them, etc., and so I was Google searching these women to look them up. Which so if you look at my browser history, it's like I'm looking up Andrew Tate's <laughs> cam girls. And most people are probably like, "Why the fuck is he looking up these cam girls?" But I'm just curious as to like who are these women who are.
1: Steve, you're a hetero male. And yeah. going to question that you were looking up cam That's girls. that may be true, but Maybe like I I didn't
0: that. I was just curious as actually what I really wanted to know was like I wonder. If the women he found to do this were actually attractive or not, because <laughs> I was betting that they, I was wondering like, who which are these? Is, which is such a
1: male thing to do. Yeah, I know. I don't like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I look at porn too to at times, times, but like, well, it wasn't porn were, though. I was just no, curious no, no,
0: as no, to like if he had if reason. he had attractive women no. working for him or if I they I were was
1: just like on the basis of like the the stereotypes of like most people when they heard you say. Uh, uh, don't look at my browser history. Immediately yeah. in their heads is probably flashing all the names of like no like porn things. No, like no I don't because I don't even really search not, for that no, k- that
0: kind of stuff. It's more uh, so like you don't but really just need like to search for it anymore. but weird things that I I can't even think of anything right now. But I guarantee you, if I looked through my phone, I could find some weird shit that I search for. Like if you looked at my phone, you'd be like, "Why the fuck did you search for that?" But I'd have to explain it because it's, yeah. there's probably all this other prerequisite information you would need to know to understand why I looked up this random bullshit.
1: I mean, most of my search histories on, on Google are like uh, research papers on autism, research papers on... All
0: right, whatever. so if you are autistic and listening, yeah. do you too need to erase your browser history if you die? Do you need someone to erase your Google browser history as well? Because I'm, I'm, I guarantee that you too search for a lot of strange and unusual <laughs> things. That it's not even, it's not even embarrassing. Like they'd probably, it'd be less embarrassing if you were actually searching for porn. It's more embarrassing that you're searching like, like, what is the diameter of the official dice they use (laughs) at roulette tables or something like, I don't know, as the dice in diameter. It's it's a cube. I don't know. But you know, like looking up really (laughs) strange things. Well,
1: yeah, uh, like uh, the other the other day, uh, we we had a conversation about stuff about the comedy group and all that, and I I started looking into first and foremost I looked into like lesson plans for for comedy groups, right? For for teaching comedy, improv comedy, and that sent me down this, as the expression goes, rabbit hole of like looking into like well known people who teach. As soon as
0: Nick starts googling white rabbit plays by jefferson airplane <laughs>
1: uh and then i started reading about different big names in improv comedy people who were really influential of it and then i started looking into like the history of improv comedy and then from there i looked into like the origins like where did those people get their influence from and then i ended up like reading about you like, ended up
0: reading a book by charles darwin about evolution <laughs> Well, like all right where did comedy come from well, it's an I, evolutionary response.
1: I ended up reading about this fifteenth-century uh, uh, writer who who talked about uh, ladies and uh, gentlemen, autism on the cuff, like acting, right, and performance, and and somehow I got there. Not to say that anybody who,
0: who is it on the if front, it's fifteenth century is it on the cuff or on the ruffle? <laughs>
1: it was on the ruffle, yeah, on, on the, the ruffle. ruffle. But, it, like, like, I ended up finding the, this thing that talked about, like...
0: I, I came up with this idea off my lots
1: <laughs> That talked about this writer who talked about doing performances on the spot, in the moment kind of thing. And that's not to say that people got influenced by that, and that's what brought about improv modern day. But, like, I just, just kind of ended up there. But, but then, then I got, I got there, there, and I went, went, what the fuck was I doing? And then I went back to trying to look up lesson plans again for improv of, like, how do we get better at it and stuff? And then from there, somehow I went from looking that up and I went down a different direction and I started to look. Into All of a sudden, you got
0: 36 browser tabs open. Yeah. Four empty beer cans, a cigarette in your hand. Your eyes are bloodshot. You're staring at the screen. Natalie's like, come to bed.
1: So you're describing when I was <laughs> in my 20s. I had a cigarette in one hand, a beer in the other. And I could barely work for the mouse, okay? Uh,
0: but. I ended up... Like, did you know that the color yellow doesn't really exist? It's just a figment of our imagination. <laughs> we started and your roommate's history. like, uh, Nick, I think you should go to bed.
1: Yeah, actually, my roommate, Nate, uh, years ago, uh, one of my best friends, Nate, he, uh, he, he, he would find me looking stuff up and I'd be in our living room, lights, lights are off, and I've got the laptop in my uh, lap, and I'm looking up stuff. Wait, wait,
0: wait a minute. Rewind, you had a laptop in your lap? I did! Oh, okay.
1: And I'd be looking up stuff, and he'd come in the living room at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and he'd be like, dude, you can't watch porn in the living room. I'm like, it's not porn. And I'd turn around the laptop, and he'd be like, what are you reading? And I'm like, research papers. And he was like, research about what? And I was like, well, it's a research study about human behavior. And it's all about, like, uh, I think one of the things that I looked at at the time was I was looking at mental health disorders, and I was looking at effective treatments. And he was, he was
0: like... So you were trying to find a cure for what, whatever it is that's wrong with you. Yeah. I not mean, necessarily Sure, why not? And uh, he
1: was like, dude, it's two o'clock in the morning and you're a guy you should be looking at
0: the fucking tits.
1: And I was like, but this is what I'm looking at. Like,
0: but I don't wanna. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather read
1: research about behavior. Uh, right. yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so... so I
0: will. There. I'm committed To at some point, maybe not now, maybe not during this episode, Mm. but at some point during an episode, I'm going to break you.
1: you Oh, you're going to do that. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, I need to say something so out of left field that you're not expecting that you spend three minutes laughing. I
1: will break. Uh, Okay, so to explain that a little bit, um, my stage name uh, that I was given by a friend, my stage name is Dr. Giggles. And that comes from a friend of mine by the name of Evan. Uh, he gave me that name because somebody will say something that is just completely out there, but it's mostly puns that do it to me. But I'll, I'll manically or hysterically or almost like uh, crazy like laugh uncontrollably for minutes on end, just gone. And everybody calls it breaking name. I've I've Breaking Bad, which was. A I good feel like show. I have a record of
0: the of times that I've broken you. It seems like uh, for a while I used to do it pretty much every time that we hung out. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't done it in a while. I'm I'm just must not be as funny as I used to be, or maybe you're you're just not surprised by the things I say anymore.
1: I mean that happens after spending years hanging out and telling jokes with each other.
0: Once in a while though, I still break you. I say something yeah. so yeah. ridiculous that you're not expecting that I destroy you.
1: It's a true statement. It's a true statement. Uh, my brother still has an amazing ability to make me break on a regular basis. But he's always been able to do it since I was a kid. He's always been able to do it. Uh, but it's always it's It's always always like corny fucking jokes that do it to me too. Like you can tell me the the wittiest, funniest, like uh, most intellectual joke, well thought out joke and I'll be like, ah, that's good. Ah but like you tell me something super
0: I just thought of a joke right now okay i just thought of it. all right so you know about that uh that, that spy, spy balloon that they shot down yeah yeah,
1: the chinese yeah, one. One. yeah they surprising.
0: shot a shot you know how they knew it was chinese huh. it was when they yeah. gathered the wreckage they found a fortune inside oh, <laughs> <laughs> <That's so bad>. <laughs> <laughs> that was i just came up with that right now
1: <laughs> you, know, you know that's like pseudo uh one of those ish
0: words, right? It's not that's not racist. I didn't say it was racist. It was racist.
1: I said
0: pseudo. Actually, the funny thing is uh fortune cookies are American. They're not even Chinese. But it's, it's still funny.
1: No, it, 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 it's a funny. It.
0: Oh god. I like it. I like it. Also, after they shot it down, the gun was hungry again 30 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. I try to come up with jokes on the fly to, to make Nick laugh.
1: Uh, I didn't. Which not, is interesting. I've, I've never actually broken on stage. No. Uh, of all these years we've been doing improv, uh, I've, I've never once broken on stage.
0: Do you like my ability to come up with really stupid <laughs> jokes out of nowhere?
1: See, you always call them stupid, but, but like light. to me, like some, some of the best work you do is on the fly when you don't have an opportunity or a chance to, to really think about it.
0: To like, me, that's sp- what Chinese spy find. balloon has a fortune cookie, <laughs> it's a fortune inside.
1: Well, yeah. I, I honestly that sounds like
0: to... something they would, a lot of the jokes I come up with on the fly yeah. like that are like, they sound like late yeah. night jokes, like right. like uh, Dave Letterman yes. or Jay, yes. Ge- Jay Leno type jokes. Yes. But that's the stuff that comes to me quickly is like those type of jokes, right. really ch- cheesy. To me,
1: those are your best jokes. Like, like when, when, when you're giving you far too much, much time... To In do, fact, I
0: guarantee that one of those late-night yeah. hosts probably made a similar joke to the one I just made. Probably. I don't watch any of them, so I wouldn't know, but yeah, I guarantee yeah. someone else has made that same joke that probably. there isn't. Because uh, it, it seems obvious, like, they broke it open, right. what's inside? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a plus B equals C. It. Right, Got so
0: it. somebody else probably thought of that same but, joke.
1: I still I think, think that's, that's the funniest stuff, stuff you come up with. Because when you're given way too much time to plan something out, I really think you overthink a lot. So, but like,
0: Wait, an autist overthinking? What? That doesn't too happen.
1: Often. Um, but, like, uh, uh, in, in the same, same token, token, though, like when, when you overthink jokes, sometimes it works out really, really well. But most, most of the, the time, you're at your best when you're, best when you're really, when, when you call it dumb. dumb. Anytime, Anytime you, you call a joke, a joke stupid, stupid, that's, that's really when you're at your best, is when, when the joke stupid, is stupid, if you will, well, based on like your description.
0: Like, well, Pesci Cola was the entire freaking stupid idea I had. I woke up and I thought of it as soon as I woke up. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if Joe Pesci had a soda? Because it's so dumb. <laughs>
1: yeah. Pepsi, Pesci. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's a stupid idea.
1: Yeah, but it's it honestly for our group. It's, it's probably the most, most popular uh, sketch we've ever done.
0: And it's dumb. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, but that's... that's honestly, honestly, I think you need to embrace your ability to be dumb. To be dumb.
0: <laughs> or uh, dildo. Oh, yes. Another so, really yeah. dumb one. Yeah,
1: yeah the dill dildo. Yeah. It's a
0: it's a deer that eats nothing but dill. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, it's the dill dildo.
1: Yeah, but you do it in the voice of James Atver. Uh No, David Attenberg. Why Why do we we not
0: today we analyze made. the habits of a very rare creature
1: uh, yeah, well, watch Ruff, as
0: uh, a lonely female chows down on her favorite meal of choice: wild dill. Wow. Yes. <laughs>
1: um. So, yeah. So, uh, how did, uh, with, with with our, our modern times and and the way things are right with now? How, how do you, do you feel comedy is going to go? go? How, how um. Do you I don't think. In, in, in our more I think sensitive,
0: I, d- I don't think so. I think the majority of people aren't that sensitive, but there's a loud minority of people who are sensitive. I, I
1: agree with that. So, statement.
0: the loud minority, I don't think, is ultimately going to change that much. They like, I think there's certain topics that people will try to stay stray away from, but like, we've seen that people who tried to do more PC comedy, that it's just not like, no, it's just nobody it's likes not it. There.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I will say that like all of the great comedians in time in, in all of history, um, all of the great comedians, they were more than willing to push the limit, right? They were always willing to challenge the status quo. And now we're in a time where we're not even sure where that line is to be able to push. Yeah. We're now in a time where, you have to decide what group you're willing to offend. More so than, here's right. the line, let's push against it. I like
0: them. to just defend them all, you know what? Fuck Democrats, fuck Republicans, fuck the LGBTQ community, wow. fuck them all. I'm just going to offend everybody, I don't care. Uh,
1: he says fuck that community. <laughs> fuck them all. And, and yet, he sits in front of somebody who is part of that community.
0: Yeah, whatever, fuck you too, I don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll make um, jokes about everyone. You do. I just do. won't like. I don't even make jokes that are racially insensitive, but I don't think right. I've made any racist jokes. But like, I, I don't know. I'll make jokes about anything. I don't well, care.
1: But honestly, like, even with that definition of racism or sexism or, or, or what uh, makes the joke racist or whatnot, it's very subjective who's hearing it. Right? Like, right. some people will say something like my Chinese racist, spy
0: balloon right. joke that was racist because I right. said there was a fortune inside. Right. I'm sure someone could find that offensive. but Of course. But it's. Of course. To me, it's dumb because it is
1: a dumb joke. Yes, because I it's, it's, it's as I pointed out,
0: me, uh, fortune cookies aren't even Chinese; they're American.
1: But most people don't know that.
0: But they're they're in Chinese restaurants. But which how amazing, is, yeah.
1: how amazingly racist is it of people to not even know the real history of something? Not even know most of the
0: Chinese how, food we eat food is, food is not food Chinese; food. it's actually American. Right, but.
1: but people don't know that stuff, and they automatically make this assumption about sexism or racism based on their see class. There were
0: these things called railroads. <laughs> and at a point in time, we used <laughs> there were a bunch of Asian Americans who built the railroads. Yes. And they made food with the ingredients they had here. And that became a Chinese food. Because they tried to make stuff that, uh, I don't know, they ended up making stuff that freaking white people like us would like. Right. They tried to cater the food to other people because, you know, they felt like, hey, we can make money selling this shit.
1: Why, mean, why wouldn't you cater it in that way just so you can make money for it? you yeah um, i mean that's just good business that's right anyway um, so so we we do improv comedy what what drove you to want to do improv comedy
0: um nothing really it was more so other people uh, people pushing me
1: so there was no inclination whatsoever of i never thought about
0: before. doing improv until people kind of pushed me on stage and were like hey do some acting and i'm like uh okay yeah, all right Oh, right. uh, cause I, 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 lacked the confidence to be able to go on stage and, um, perform or do anything. Uh, I always just considered myself a writer. I was more of a behind the scenes. Like I, w- I was creative. I was a creative person, but I would just create things and let someone else do all the right. acting.
1: But isn't it interesting that both of us and I too find myself, uh, or always conceptualized myself as being somebody behind the scenes. Uh, but isn't it interesting that the two of us Become front and center of a group On stage yeah, Even, even both in both us conceptualized ourselves As being behind the scenes people
0: Even when I was in a group with other people Who were more Outgoing More uh, confident I still Outshone a lot of those people
1: And, and what was that group? Uh,
0: doesn't matter
1: The group was called funny, please. It was the first improv group we were... Alright, well, I didn't
0: want to call them out, but... I'm gonna do it. I think that there were many times where I outshone a lot of people in that group, despite being insecure, and despite not having the same confidence and the experience that a lot of those people did. And I'm not saying that they're bad or that I'm better than them. I'm just saying that despite my... Um, reservations about performing I still did I was able to hold my own And many times did better than them
1: Well I, I think it's because of that I think it's because We did not conceptualize ourselves As comedians or performers at that time uh, They saw themselves as being comedians In fact two of them Had gone to New York And tried to be You know stand-up comedians uh, No three of them actually uh, Tried to be stand-up comedians We had never even tried. And I think that's kind of what made us, I don't know, a little bit more uh, effortful, if you will. Uh, A little bit more, like, willing to just embrace what we were doing and put effort towards it.
0: To bring this back to our theme.
1: We're talking about comedy. We
0: are. But what do you think are the advantages and disadvantages of doing improv or doing comedy and being on the spectrum?
1: Ooh, Good question, Steve.
0: I'm trying to bring it back to ASD. I mean, that's well, what we're one of doing. Us has already, to. right? Like, yeah, one Buy, of us has buy to. autist for autist. Yeah,
1: uh, one of us has to do that. So um, I think one of the advantages, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, so let me know if you agree or not, but I think one of the advantages we have being on the spectrum opposed to the people who weren't on the spectrum is me and you have an innate, and I'm going to call it an innate ability, We're born in ability, to be able to put aside our anxiety, our depression, our fear. Put aside those things in the moment and be able to just do. Let things fall out of our mouth far more naturally than a lot of them.
0: Like Chinese spy balloon jokes?
1: Yes, like Chinese spy balloon jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I keep um, bringing it back to that.
1: I, I think we're, we're and, and I could be wrong, uh, but... I think, honestly, that we have the ability to allow things to just fly far more than a lot of those people who are in the group with us. less reservations. Yeah, less reservations to it, because our minds naturally have a lot more, in my opinion, in my opinion, only uh, a lot more going on.
0: So I think and we
1: have a lot more that's cu- trying to get out of us.
0: What about and, the what about the, the the downsides? What are the negatives? What do you think inhibits us when it comes to improv and comedy?
1: Um, well, I think one of the things that drastically inhibits us is that we overthink. I I think that at times we get caught up too much with, we, excuse me, we have too many ideas at once, and we're trying to get one of them out but we've got just so many to choose from. Like, lined up. We don't have a way of discerning. Which Stacking one. them up
0: like uh, like cards. So you got like yeah. a deck ready to, to play. You got a full house. Right. And uh, you can only play one card at a time. You can't throw your whole hand down.
1: Right. I mean, like when we would all go rehearse, right? Especially yeah. like the rehearsal right before a show. Um, the, the, the gentleman who used to uh, uh, host a lot of our shows or rather do the introduction for our shows <clears throat> uh, a wonderful comedian and a friend of ours by the name of Keegan Flanders, he would do a really good job at doing it, but he would always have to rehearse his introduction and rehearse the games quite often. And he would always kind of, you know, rehearse it the same way and his performance was the same thing. But with me and you, like, as long as you tell us what you want, we'll give you what you want and we'll just do it, right? We don't have to have a hell of a lot of rehearsal for it. Um, I mean, currently I, I host a lot of our shows and I host a lot of the games and stuff in our shows. And when I'm giving the introductions to the games, like I don't put a lot of effort into a memorized, rote kind of rehearsal to what I'm doing. You just need
0: kind of a back. general idea. Yeah,
1: I kind of give myself that because for one, and, and you know this because we've done theater shows together, we've done plays together. Um, me and you are not good at doing that rote rehearsal and being able to still make it genuine and feel like it's spontaneous. Me and you kind of have to make sure that, like, we do it and we know it, but then go out and
0: have when time it's to time to it. perform. Yeah.
1: We have to have that put
0: storage. on your dancing shoes and go out yeah. there and give them a show.
1: Yeah. Like, um, any, anytime I do a show. Uh, And I I will say it's one critique that I always get from directors when I do a theater show is they talk about how, like, they think I need to rehearse more.
0: Or that he shouldn't have been cast to begin with.
1: I always say I should never (laughs) have been cast to begin with. Uh, But they always talk about how, like, I'm not off book when everybody else is. But I've also built up this confidence that no matter what, opening night, I know my shit. I know it well. And I've never failed an opening night. I've never failed it <clears> thus far. and I've done eight plays now, nine, nine I think nine. I've done nine theater shows and I host our show once a month and I've never failed an opening. I've never like dropped my words. I've never forgotten a line on opening night. Um, I've always done it well and I've always been able to roll with other people not knowing their lines because I knew the I understood the scene we were in. When it comes to other performers, Like, they have to know it and they have to feel confident in it and all of that. I don't even think about whether I'm confident in it or not. I just get up there and do. Right? Like, I don't put time and effort into thinking about, oh my God, do I know my lines? No, I'm like, all right, I read it a bunch of times. Fuck it. Listen, I know
0: my lines better than Charlie Sheen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Coke references.
0: Good for you. Thanks for calling it out. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, I had to explain it to the members of our audience that don't exist.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that we we've had fun kind of talking about uh lighthearted lighthearted things, but I think that I think that the next time that we get together, I'd like to talk about something a little more serious. For okay, maybe like what? Well, so I'm thinking about people. The, the things that I've struggled with the most when it came, when it comes to like ASD and being on the spectrum have to do with personal relationships.
1: You want to talk relationships,
0: personal relationships, uh, could also be <clears throat> like, um, professional relationships when it comes to, to work and things like that as well. But, um,
1: so any type of relationship <clears throat> we
0: have, right. But I, 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 I think that that's something that other people like us will be able to relate to because yes. that's, that's, probably the biggest if not one of the biggest struggles Agreed. for people like us Agreed. and it's also been one of the biggest pain pain points in my life and caused me to go through some of the worst periods of my life has had been a result of the struggles i've had with Agreed. other people Agreed. uh and relationships and being isolated and the the feelings of, of of ostracization and feeling alone that you feel um by the way but people make you feel, and a lot of it is probably inadvertent the way that they make us feel. Um, and I don't think that people, it, it's more of a lack. They just don't understand. And unfortunately, it usually falls on us to try to live in their world rather than for them to live in our world. We have to try to navigate their world. Well, of um, course we have to navigate their <clears> world. That's but of them. we don't have enough time to get into it right now. No. no, we don't. So we had fun talking about comedy, but I would like to, to bring it into something a little more serious next time. Um, I think it's and I want idea. us to be able to be vulnerable and honest and share, uh, share real experiences that we had that hopefully people listening can relate to.
1: So next time we're going to talk about relationships, all types, but relationships in the show.
0: And by right vulnerable, there. I also mean the way that Nick violated me earlier when we filled the butt jams. Jesus! And made me put <laughs> that thing close to my butthole and wow. rim my anus
1: that's how you want to end this episode. <laughs>
0: just talking about i want to you know, say yeah. something uh awkward and make you uncomfortable when we end every episode you're non-sequitur
1: non-sequitur
0: awkward uncomfortable offensive just like throw it out there we're talking about being serious and sharing our feelings and then i'm like eh, my butthole
1: yeah you're doing a great job making yeah. me feel awkward. you like that that's that's great you like you that know. i love it oh love yeah it. um yeah. So for today, for this episode, uh, we uh, uh, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, I have been Nicholas Anderson. I'm Steve. Apparently, really first named. I'm retarded. <laughs> Jesus. Every episode, <laughs> huh? Every episode so far. All right. So it's going to be. A I'm
0: taking it back, Nick. Yeah, you are. You're I'm reclaiming the word. Um, it has so, no meaning.
1: Thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, hopefully, you found it entertaining. If you did not, I don't care. Uh, if you did, thank you very much. Please listen to the. Next yes, episode.
0: all three or four of you, uh, and that's Seriously, that's going to be like two. It's that's gonna be optimistic, your yeah. And my wife, and that's it. Optimistic, but you know. Uh,
1: but if anybody else is listening, please give us a comment. Maybe you know, suggest a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, or just something in general you'd like to contribute to the show. It'd be much appreciated. Thank you very much, and please, everybody, be well with each other.
0: Yeah.